Hi and welcome to episode 126 of the This Is Reportage podcast. My name is Alan Law, I'm the founder of This Reportage and This Reportage family, and I'm a photographer too. An honour to chat to the fab Moira Laplante today. One of the best documentary family photographers in the world, Moira is recently ranked second in the USA on the Shepardage family for 2022 and 13th in the world. Not only that, but alongside her husband, Jesse Laplante, they were our overall photographers of the year for 2022 on our wedding site, this reportage. Incredible feats. We focus more on her family work today, as Moira shares all about how she began her photography journey and discovering documentary family photography, why being present in the moment is so important, her favourite focal length for capturing families, the story behind one of her specific Reportage Family Awards, working with her husband Jesse and how they outsource to each other, why building strong connections with her clients is so important, and so much more. Speaking of Jesse, I also had the pleasure of chatting to him for an episode, which I've also released today, two for the price of one, so to speak. So if you'd like to hear from him as well, check out the next episode, which is available right now. Right, over to Moira. Hey Moira, how are you doing? Hey, Alan, I'm doing really well. How are you? I'm good as well. Thank you. Yeah, all good. It's lovely to hear your voice. Um, Likewise. What, oh, that's cool. That's cool. Um, what what time is it where you are? It is six o'clock in the morning. Six in the morning. That is dedication. Thank you for getting up early um, to talk to me. Oh, do you normally oh. get up early? Are you an early riser? Um, typically, yes. Um, I would say about three years ago, I decided that I wanted to be an early riser. So I spent about a month training myself to, to wake up between 5 and 6 a.m. Oh, wow. um, nice. What I will tell you is I don't normally get showered and dressed this early. <laughs> and then find out it's just audio only. So you could have just been exactly. Yes. <laughs> Sorry no, about that. No, it's good. It's a good way to start the day, you know, just like prepped and ready to go. And, and you know, it kind of puts your, your um, you know, public facing face on. That's true. That's true. Um, and so, so why were you training yourself? Was it just to increase kind of productivity or were you doing something else in the early hours or? Um, no, you know, sometimes I just like to give myself little challenges that have nothing to do with work. And uh. turns out I really liked it. Um, Jesse will occasionally wake up at the same time, but more often than not, he will sleep in a little bit longer. And it's just kind of a nice, beautiful time to be awake and just you know, revel in the quiet. Um, yeah. I think I also discovered that I am more productive when it's dark in the morning and in the winters, you know, it can get really dark here. Um, and so it's easier then for me to shut down earlier at night. Once the sun goes down, I want to go to bed. I want to get cozy. And so being able to wake up and get some work done while it's still dark has, has been really beneficial. Oh, that's cool. Yeah, that totally makes sense as well. Totally makes sense. Um, I get up early as well. That's because the kids really having to get them ready. So we set the alarm for like quarter to six every morning but we yeah. have like an we have like an hour and a quarter in bed with coffee though this is really nice I really like that that's more. nice that sounds lovely I, I would do that but I just you know and even this morning I um brought our space heater into the office because I didn't want to turn the heat up yet because okay. like Jesse's still sleeping and I wanted him to you know be able to enjoy that and not I didn't want to like cook him out of bed that is nice. That's a nice, considerate partner you are there. That is nice. <laughs> Thank I you. Like it. <laughs> well, um, you know, when you when you work together and you live together and you spend all your time together, I think you have to be a little bit more so than other times because you know the the relationship is is really an important part of it. 
Yes, that is so true. And that's cool. I look forward to talking more about that later on as well, because that's an important part of you too, which is um, really cool. And whereabouts are you then? Because you're in, are you in Colorado? Colorado? We are in Colorado. We are just outside of um, Boulder. Um, So we're in Boulder County. We're in a a little kind of suburb of Boulder called Lafayette. Um, And we're here, you know, maybe for another few weeks, but we're in the process. I hope I'm not jumping the gun here and going to eat my words later, but we are in the process of buying a property elsewhere. That is exciting. And you did mention to me, it sounds like quite a quite a spacious one as well. Yes. Yep. It's um, about 50 acres. Wow. And that's nice. 360 degree views of the mountains. And it's just in a really cool area. And, and we're pretty excited about it. Wow. Gosh. Yeah. That's so big. Have you got any plans? Are you going to like get llamas or like giraffes <laughs> or something? Or <laughs> Well, so it's an it's an open graze ranch. Um, so there are cattle that uh, will probably roam through the property. Um, but no, I think we're just going to keep it as natural as possible. Um, you know, it's got a lot of the native birds and animals, coyotes, uh, mountain, lions. Um, mountain lions. Here there are some bears, too. What? Lots of deer. Yeah. Wow, gosh, that sounds extraordinary. I just can't think. Of, I live in such a sleepy place in the UK, in Cornwall down here. And like, I think our biggest animal is probably, I don't know, like a, a big rabbit, maybe. Yeah. It's like... <laughs> yeah. No, I think it'll be an adjustment too. you know, there, there are a couple things like you got to remember to lock your trash so that the bears don't get into it. And, wow. you know, there'll be rattlesnakes in the summertime. So when we're walking on our property, like we got to watch out for that. So there'll be an adjustment period. But um, I, we're both pretty excited. I, I grew up in Montana, which is very rural. Jesse grew up in a rural area of Michigan. And so we've all we've both wanted to get back to an area where there's a lot of space. Oh, wow. Yeah, I can't blame you. That's amazing. What a dream. Wow. And only a couple of weeks away, maybe. Fingers crossed. Oh, yeah. I mean, buying a normal house is such a process. Buying something like that must have been, has it been stressful, the whole process? Oh, absolutely. But I mean, I will get stressed about everything. So, but the, the home buying process has been very interesting. We, we went through it once with the current place that we're in. And I do recall that I don't think I slept for the entire month that we were under contract. And I'm feeling a little bit of that now, but having gone through it, I know that it's normal. Um yes. But yeah, it's it's not easy. Um, and we're selling this house. So we're working on, you know, we did some painting, we just had it staged for photos the other day. And it's just everything. I mean, before we did this, I was opening drawers because I couldn't remember where we put our microphone, and I had to get everything hooked up. And so it's just it's a little bit of chaos, which I don't love. But I also know that the payout's going to be there at the end. Yes, the end is in sight. Well, fingers crossed it all goes well Thank for you these next couple of weeks and oh man I, I'd love to see it one day I, I've said so many times this podcast and people are probably absolutely sick of it but my experience of America is only Vegas I've been to Vegas like eight or nine times now <laughs> I've never been anywhere else in America oh That's, Alan I you know. have to come to Colorado it's so easy to get to Colorado from Vegas it's like oh, it? yeah. maybe a hundred bucks round trip so even the next time I'm assuming you go to WPPI is I, that... yes quite a few yeah. times yes yeah. yeah so the next WPPI you go to just take a quick little trip extend your your vacation by like a week take a quick jaunt to Colorado and we'll show you around oh I'd love that honestly Maura that'd be so cool that would be so cool do you um did you how so you must be pretty near to it I did google where Colorado is I did have to google where Colorado is and my geography <laughs> so bad and you are pretty near I guess in terms of like American states to Vegas yes Yes. Yeah. Well, and that's that's the funny thing, too, is, um, you know, I I grew up in Montana again, and it's the fourth largest state in the U.S. So it's it's a big state. Um, And 
so when we think about you know like going two states over, that's a lo- that's a long drive for us, or you know, uh, it's sure. several hours flight, um, especially in the Western U.S. where the states are a lot bigger. And so yeah, thinking about like getting around in the U.K., um, I was just like, that's so easy. Everything's right there. <laughs> yeah, everything. That's funny. <laughs> Have you been have you been over to the UK before? Oh, you know, I've just been to this is sad. I've only been through the airport in London. Okay. Um yeah. but we we will be there in November for Nine Dots. So oh, I'm yes, very excited yes. to get to see a little bit and spend some time there and um we're hoping to extend our, our trip so that we can do a little sightseeing and, and play tours for a bit oh that's cool yes you should make the most of it yeah so i'll be meeting you because i'll be at nine dots i've been to everyone before so i'll be up in leeds um be i'm meeting so you excited yeah we get to meet all of our our uk friends who we only know through video chats and podcasts and you know facebook so i'm, I'm very excited to meet people in person oh yes that'd be great that would be really cool have you um have you got your talk nailed already it's only like oh God, what, eight no. months away no <laughs> <laughs> Last no, week. no. Um, yeah. I think we're we're both kind of uh, letting it simmer in the back of our heads because um, I, I think we want to do something different from what we typically do, um, and do something new. And and that's something that we we always do whenever we teach, whether it's workshops or speaking engagements. Is we we might take a talk that we've already done, but we want to both tailor it to the audience and build on it because, you know, we're never staying the same. We're constantly growing and changing and trying new things in our business. And so we want our speaking to reflect that and, you know, be able to share the things that we've learned as we're going through this process. So, um, no, I, I suspect we'll start developing that later in the summer. No, that's cool. Yeah, great. I'm looking forward to it. I'm sure it will be awesome. It'll be great. And um, before we go on to your photography a bit more, just because Vegas, just mentioned Vegas. Is yeah. that, do you do you go over there much? Do you like Vegas? Or Oh, uh, no. no. <laughs> <laughs> um, we go fairly often considering how little I like it. Um, we were there twice last year, once for oh, WPPI nice. and once for a friend's wedding, which was actually a lot of fun. Oh, cool. Um, were you, know, you photographing not- it or as a guest? Sorry, what was that? Were you photographing it or were you a guest? No, we were guests and oh, it was nice. probably the most fun I've had as a guest at a wedding because um, it was a, a friend of Jesse's from high school and college and we he reached out to us about um, who they should hire and it was never, we were never on the table because he's like, we want you to come, we want you yeah. to have a good time, you know, be able to drink and, and not have to worry about operating a camera. Yeah, that's good. And that's so a good friend. Like, that's a good friend. Yes. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so he asked like, who would you recommend? And a lot of times I've had friends ask this and I send a bunch of recommendations and then they hire someone that I'm like, mm, maybe mm-hmm. not. Um, but this guy, so we, we were like, hear us out. This is going to sound a little crazy, but fly Christian Cardona up from Colombia. It's going to be completely worth it. You're going to love your photos. It's going to be a, a great time. And he did. And so it was wonderful because not only did we get to spend time with, um, you know, Jesse's friend and, and his his now wife, um, but also Christian and then uh, Alex, who he brought over from Puerto Rico, who whose work we had known. And so it's just like a really amazing time to, to spend with friends from, from two different walks of life, which was really Aww. cool. That does sound very cool. That's very cool. Was it at one of the strip hotels? Uh, it was at Caesar's Palace was oh, their nice. ceremony. And then the reception was in the um, the old downtown area of, of Vegas. Oh, cool, yeah. Which we hadn't been to before. What is that? Fremont Street, I Oh, think? yes, Fremont Street, yeah. Yeah. Um, mm-hmm. And they, they just rented out a club that 
like had a balcony overlooking Fremont Street. So yeah, it was That's, it was a lot of fun. That sounds very cool. I want to go to a wedding in Vegas. Anyone listening? Anyone getting married in Vegas? Just invite me over, please. <laughs> just as a guest. I don't know if I've never met you before. It's okay. I want to go to a wedding in Vegas. Um, so more. Um, you were recently second in in the USA on the Shepardage family for 2022, which is awesome. Yes. Congrats on that. And we're going to talk you. a lot more about your family work today. But it would be remiss of me as well to not also mention that you also with your husband Jesse were the overall photographer of the year on our wedding site this reportage in the same year it's just incredible incredible feats were, were both of those accolades like fun to hear about oh my gosh they were so fun and um you know unexpected too because I know the quality of work in the contests are just I mean it's crazy and to me I, I'm still pinching myself um you know that we we got these these top honors because you know I look around at what our colleagues do and I think it's the typical artist thing where you look at your work and you're like yep this is all shit I don't yes. take a good photo I like I don't know why people pay me to do this um and so to have that acknowledgement amongst all of the this amazing work is you know it's it's huge Oh, it's so cool. and so deserved. And yeah, I totally get what you mean there about, I mean, there's such a wealth of talent out there and to be top of it in a year, to get a photographer of the year title, honestly, it's such a, a massive thing. It's, it's, and it's so, honestly, yeah. I say so deserved, but it's so cool to hear you. So you have like, like so many of us, that thing of comparing our work and feeling that we're, you yeah. know, never good enough to, is that still a, a thing for you then? Cause you've been shooting oh. quite a while as well. Absolutely. Yes. I don't expect that to go away. And I've kind of made my peace with it. Um, you know, I, I think if if that weren't there, then I probably wouldn't have the drive to keep getting better. And so I, I look at it as kind of, um, you know, a piece of who I am and what drives me in photography. So as uncomfortable as it is, you know, yeah. to, to sit there and go through all those those negative feelings, I do think that it's important. Yeah, I totally get that. Yeah. I think that's so cool um, for you to say that as well, though, and for people to hear. Uh, literally, photographer of the year here, like, talking to <laughs> and, and and still have the same kind of issues that we, we all have as well. So that's, um, do you get, do you get nervous still shooting, you know, shooting weddings or, and, and families? Do you get nervous? Yes. Yes, yeah. absolutely. Um, it's, and I think at this point, I would actually be, this is going to sound counterintuitive, but I'd be more nervous if I weren't nervous because um, I <laughs> yeah. recognize that the, the nerves mean that I want to do a good job. The nerves aren't, am I going to do a good job? It's that I want to do a good job. And so I need that feeling to push me and, and, and also to check in and make sure this is still the right thing for us. You know, it's like, is this still what we want to do? Do we still care about doing a good job? Because as soon as we stop doing a good job or, or caring about our clients, I think we've got to be done with this. And I, I hope that doesn't happen. <laughs> That is true, isn't it? I love the way you framed it there as well, actually, saying how it's the nerves are because you want to do a good job, not whether it, you are actually going to do it or not. It's um, yeah, that, that is true, isn't it? I'm like you. I still, you know, I've been I've been shooting for like 10 years or so and I still get nervous for each one. Um, yeah. And nervous for these podcast interviews. And they're always fun. And like, but it does still get nervous. It's such a ooh, funny. Thing. Yeah. You, well, but I think that's the thing. And, and, and you know, I, I was nervous for this podcast, too. I, I think I was also more tired so i didn't have as much of a chance to get nervous which is <laughs> yeah. probably a good thing um <laughs> that is good actually it's but yeah it's it's you know you again you like you you want to do a good job and um it's because you care about the people that you're doing this for you know whether it's your podcast listeners the reportage community or your clients and so you know again like if that went away i'd be really concerned 
That is true. That is true. Do they, and do the nerves, do they go after a little while on the actual oh, day? Absolutely. Yeah. And that's what I remind myself is like, as soon as I, I dive in and start doing it, I know that, um, I'm, I'm going to just hit a nice little groove. Mm-hmm. Um, and, you know, same thing with this podcast. As soon as we started chatting, I mean, you're so easy to talk to. So oh, it's well, like so this you. Just went away. And well, yeah, cool. so I, I, I'm aware that that happens. I've, I've done this long enough that I know that process. And so mm-hmm. it doesn't scare me quite as much. That's true. Yeah. I should remember that as well, how things get fine after a few minutes as well. It's always yeah. fine. It's always fine. Anyway. Well, okay. But the thing is, like, that is hard to remember in the moment when you're feeling nervous. So I, yeah. I, I say that I do this and, and it's much easier to talk through this process and sound like it's, it comes easily. It doesn't. And yeah. I will say it's nice to ha- to work with a partner because Jesse will remind me of it. And I, I will remind him that, you know, the same thing. Oh, uh, that's um, cool. Yeah, because it's not always easy to do with yourself. Yes, that is true. Yeah, that must be another benefit of working as a duo like that. Mm, it's true. <laughs> um, okay, Maury, let's let's go back some years. Um, okay. About I don't know how many years yet, but let's, about your journey into photography. And I've I've read that you um, grew up in a family-owned catering business. It sounds interesting. And can I, can you tell us more about that and like how you became a photographer and then how you got into family photography? Yeah. Um, Wow, you've done your research. Well, I think that's like yeah. one place on our website, and most people don't read that far. Um, <laughs> yeah, so I, I grew up uh, in Montana. My family owned, it was actually, they started out with a restaurant, which was also part bar and part casino, because oh, wow, in really? Montana, you can have a casino with up to 40 machines. Um, and so that was a really interesting way to grow up. And I was just talking to my brother about this the other day about how I would not change that childhood for anything um, because I got to learn so much about how to deal with the public and how to run your business without knowing that that's what I was learning because I was just immersed in it. Yeah. Um, so I watched my my parents and how they interacted with their customers, with their vendors, with their employees. And I, I learned so much from watching them. Now, it was also a playground, which yeah. drove my dad nuts because we'd run around and, you know, like try to find quarters in the casino games, which was a big no-no because <laughs> I probably shouldn't say it. No, it was so long ago. I'm pretty sure that the, the laws wouldn't apply anymore. But, you know, we found a quarter, we'd stick it in because we were kids and they, they seem like, you know, arcade games. Right. Um, yeah, of course. Yeah. How old were yeah. you when, then, when they had that then? What ages? I was a baby. Um, so they own two restaurants over the course of my life. They closed the second one when I was 16. Right. So it was the majority of, of my time spent in Montana. Um, you must have mingled with so many different kind types of people from all different walks of life as well. Didn't that? It was fascinating. It was just, you know, and, and that's why I say like I wouldn't trade it for the world because it was the kind of learning opportunity that you can't structure. It just has to happen. Mm, yeah that's super cool that's really cool did you help out doing kind of jobs and things oh yeah yeah um when i was little i remember working with um one of the bartenders before they opened the restaurant i would be there in the morning and uh she was vacuuming and the vacuum wouldn't pick up strings very well unless you like lay them out perfectly so i would go with her and i'd pick up all the strings and i'd lay them out in front of the vacuum so she could vacuum them up that's a cool very Um, specific job i like that yes but then when I uh, was, I want to say it was like late um, junior high, so that's like eighth or ninth grade here, um, I, I started washing dishes. And so I washed dishes for about two to three years. Um, okay. And then basically since that, I have had a very 
bizarre smattering of jobs. I worked at an architecture firm. I worked at a corn maze. I worked at a financial institution. Um, I worked at a, a Catholic chapel. Um, I worked at my university president's office. I worked at a um, science research and development center. And then I also worked for a serial entrepreneur who I helped him start a, a brand new organization. I also helped him with his, he, his like, kind of income generating businesses at the time were liquor stores. So I worked for liquor stores and then I also did some commercial property management. So I've wow. done basically everything. You have to, that's a very wide range. What was the corn maze? Literally a maze of corn. Yes. Yeah. So that's, that's really popular here in the U S uh, in the fall. They do a lot like around Halloween time. Um, and so in the springtime, when the, the farmers plant the corn, they have these like GPS uh, guides that tell them where to plant it so that when the corn grows tall, there's a maze. And oh. so one year I had a friend who knew the guy who was doing the corn maze and she was like, hey, do you want to work there? And I did. And it was um it was probably, I, that was the time that I was the worst employee ever. I'm usually a pretty good employee, um, but I was pretty bad there. <laughs> In what way? Um, you know, like getting into trouble, sneaking out. Um, uh, not getting know, like lost. Going to the maze to, to just like, you know, hang out and not do the uh, jobs yeah. that I was hired to do. But I was, I mean, I was like 15 and all my friends were working there. Oh, and so yeah, it was really just a playground for us. That's cool. I love all those varied things, though, as well. And when you say a cereal entrepreneur, is that that wasn't someone who made lots of um, breakfast cereals? Then, <laughs> no, no, it's like a cereal <laughs> monogamist. You know, like just he would jump from one uh, company cereal? idea to another, uh, and and I saw him do that because when he hired me originally, he had this idea for an organization that I, I really loved, and it was essentially taking a commoditized product like. Um, dry cleaning and turning it into a, like a donation project. So, you know, when you look for a dry cleaner, you're really just looking for someone who's not going to ruin the buttons or burn your stuff. Um, but he was like, and then of course the price is right. But what he wanted to do was basically increase the price just a little bit. So not so much that it would be prohibitive, but enough that um, you could then take that difference between the operating costs and then and donate it. Uh, um, okay. So create sort of this, uh, you know, this organization that would give back to communities and, and uh, mm -hmm. customers would be able to like pick which, where they wanted to donate. That's so that nice was, he, I know, and I was like, that's awesome. But by the time I got there and he had a couple of things he had to get straight before we could really dive into the project, um, by the time we, we dove into to creating it, he was on to something else. And so we ended up building um, a mastermind group. So are you familiar with mastermind groups? No, I'm not actually. So basically, it's um, a bunch of uh, people who run their own company Okay. Uh, get together because when you when you run your own company you know a lot of times you are lacking a sounding board or a community mm -hmm. that you can really go to with problems because you have this public facing business you can't really you know necessarily tell everyone that you're struggling with something um a lot of times if you're not working with your spouse like i am you can't really tell your spouse because they don't want to they're tired of hearing all that stuff um mm -hmm. yeah. so who do you go to and, and this basically brought other ceos and um together to to talk about those those issues uh because cool. yeah well i mean even if you're in different um industries a lot of the problems running your own business are the same 
Right, sure. Mm, that makes sense. Yeah, it's all for, it's so cool. You've done so many different types of stuff. And then how did so when did photography come into your life then? How did that begin? <laughs> photography came into my life when Jesse came into my life. Oh, um, that's very yeah, romantic I, lie. That's a, I like that as a sound bite. That is nice. <laughs> well, I had never, ever, ever thought that I would be doing this. Um I, I majored in business. I have a degree in marketing and management of human resources. And I did that because when I went to college, I wasn't sure what I wanted to do. And so I figured that that would help me no matter where I ended up, because knowing how money works, I think, is um, really beneficial. That's true. Mm-hmm. Um, but yeah, so Jesse and I met um, the this our senior year of college on spring break in the Bahamas. Oh, and I lo- yeah, I wanted to say about, I love that one line from your bio where you say, Jesse and I met on spring break in the Bahamas. He offered to buy me a drink. It was an all-inclusive resort. I love yeah, that. yes. Well, and you'll Is have that to- really? I love that. It's so funny. So you'll have to ask him because he's got a different memory of it. And oh, we cool. talked to our friends who were there and they all have different memories of it. So the true way that we met, I think, is lost to the ages and also <laughs> the copious amounts of alcohol that were imbibed. Oh, that's always good. All the, all the best stories begin with that. That's all oh, absolutely. Yeah. Yeah. <laughs> yeah so, um, but I mean, initially when we moved to Colorado, I, um, I had a full-time job for probably the first seven or so years, six or seven years that we were here. Hmm. Um, and I didn't quit my full-time job until 2006, 16 or 17. I don't really, even really remember. Mm-hmm. Um, but and I, I had just been doing it kind of casually, and the way it started out, um, and I'll let Jesse tell a little bit more about this too, is that you know we started this wedding photography business, and I would help him out on the weekends, um, and the very first wedding that he, he booked, um, I had had I did some event planning when I lived in D.C., and you know I, I have this background, and events have always kind of been in my life in one way or another. Um, so the very first wedding, he's like, hey, can you come along and just help make sure that, you know, this goes well, like just kind of keep an eye on the logistics, help me with some family photo management, that kind of thing. And I was like, mm-hmm. yeah, sure. And then he handed me a camera and I was like, what the fuck do I do with this? <laughs> um, and I think maybe for the first three years that I helped him out, he delivered possibly like three or four photos that I took. <laughs> okay. um, and the whole time I was like, this is, I'm not a photographer. This isn't what I want to do. You know, you have to find someone else to, to come along with you who's actually a photographer. And he, he would just be like, no, no, I think this is working. And it infuriated me. Yeah. <laughs> um, and so finally one year I was like, no, you have to find someone else. I'm not a photographer. Like this isn't like, this just isn't working out. And he, I think had gotten frustrated at that point with, you know, me pushing back and he's like, fine, I will. And no more than 24 hours later, I came back to him and was like, I'm just kidding. I actually really <laughs> like working with you. Please don't find someone else. Please don't replace me. I really want to do this. <laughs> and once I made that decision that I wanted to jump in and do it instead of just feeling like it was something that was forced upon me, which I mean, forced is a, a strong word and, and it, it wasn't ever forced. But um, when I felt like it was my decision, suddenly everything kind of clicked and shifted and I was like oh hey I can actually work on getting better at this I can make sure that he delivers more of my photos I can learn I can you know like follow organizations like reportage where 
you see the amazing work that people are doing and get inspired by it and then I can aim for it um and so yeah you sound like someone that when you want to do something you go all in you do sound like you've got that real drive (laughs) yes and if I don't want to do something I will dig my heels in (laughs) and try my damnedest never to do it (laughs) <laughs> that's funny that's funny so now when um do you, do you kind of deliver almost a 50 50 split when you know the image wise uh, you know I, i'm not I, i'm honestly not sure because jesse takes care of all the calling and editing we oh, cool. we do a pretty good job about dividing and conquering essentially everything and the way that we structure our business is i do all of the customer facing things so i i do all the lead generation um lead phone calls uh marketing you know timeline consultations all that stuff and then on the back end i work with them on album design and you know anything that's Mm -hmm. customer facing i typically manage oh that's Um, cool yeah. yeah. And then Jesse can do kind of that stuff in the middle where he does all the calling and all the editing. And, um, you know, we I like to say that we outsource to each other. And I know that oh, yeah. it's not super um, popular right now to not out like outsourcing, I know, is, is the big thing at the moment. Um, and we really don't outsource to anything outside of each other. No, <laughs> like, that's cool. That's yeah. cool though as well. Yeah. You, you have full control then. You know exactly the quality of what you're delivering. And it sounds like you don't need to outsource like to external parties. No. And, and I mean, I think in keeping it all internally um, or internal, we, we make sure that we cut down on all the things that don't actually need to be done. So it's really good at making us focus on what do we actually need to do versus what does the whole wedding photography, you know, behemoth industry tell us we're supposed to be doing. Yes. So we really ha- we have to be very careful about analyzing and be like, okay, is this something that we actually need to do? Does this provide more value to our clients? Or, you know, is this something that we can just kind of let go and not have to worry about? Yes. And that's so important in life and in business. Uh, to, mm-hmm. There's so many things out there to, saying to us, we should be doing this, we should be delivering that, we should be outsourcing this. And to, to really think about, well, we don't need to do we? if we just sit back. It's so easy for a lot of photographers just to do what everybody else is doing, I think. Yep. Yes. Mm. And um, how did you then, how did you start specifically your family work? How did that come about? Uh, so that started when I quit my full time job. Mm-hmm. because, um, you know, I, I was super stressed. I was working more than 40 hours a week for that job. I was working more than 40 hours a week for the photography business, and it was just untenable. Like, I, mm-hmm. I could not continue doing that. I felt bad for Jesse because every time I came home from work, I was just angry and, you know, stressed. And so he was the one who suggested it. Um, oh, cool. And I was like, yeah, maybe that could work. So. Um, I quit my full-time job, but I was I was definitely concerned about money um, because suddenly we had this stream of income that was going away. Yeah, so sure. I'll, I'll have more time so I can do family photos. And I started out with just our past clients, let them know. And I also, at that point, was still not very good at photography. <laughs> um, so I just, you know, I, I did what I could. Um, I did the typical style of family photos, the looking at the camera, um, you know, trying to, and I, I've never been good with like style guides. When people ask me what to wear, I have no answer for that because <laughs> I wear black all the time. And so if the answer is not black, then I don't know what <laughs> I don't to know. tell them. <laughs> I'd um, be like that as well. I would not have a clue. would not have a clue. Yeah. Yeah, I, I've learned enough that I can pare it back. But yeah, if 
yeah, if they, if they want me to send them like a, a Pinterest style guide, I'm like, no, you are on your own. Um, but That's I started, a good idea to work with your past clients, though, as well, reaching out. Well, and the reason I started with that was that they already knew us and they knew our approach. Mm. So I was like, I'm going to skip that time of like selling myself to new people. Mm. Um, and it's been really beneficial because, you know, we have a very distinctive style for wedding photos. And the people who hire us really, really love it. And so being able to then take that and say, like, cool, you can also get this for family photos um, yeah. is great because then I don't have to sort through all the people who just want the typical, you know, photos that I started out doing. And so, you know, to kind of go back, like I started doing the, the normal look into the camera um, uh, family photos and it just wasn't that interesting. And I, I'm not sure when or how I came across it, but I, I came across this idea of documentary family photography. And I started looking into it more and it coincided with when my niece was born. Oh, cool. And so the very first time I went to visit her, she was about eight months old and she's, she lives up in Montana. Um, I brought my camera and I started taking these photos just around the house with my, my brother and his wife and my little niece. And I really fell in love with the not only the, the casualness of it, but also going back and looking at the glimpse of what their life is like. Mm. You know, it's not this airbrushed Instagram filter worthy, you know, like staged idea. It's so real. Mm. And I realized that like, that's, that's what I loved is like, you know, I, I hope that my niece goes back and she looks at these photos and she sees herself in them because I look back at photos myself, uh, you know, and, and we definitely, my family growing up, we did those cheesy, like in studio, look at the camera, smile. Uh, yeah. um, I look back at that. I'm like, that's the, it's clearly a fake smile. It's not my real smile and it doesn't feel like me. And I want her to look back at these photos and see herself. Oh, yes. I'm sure she will. I'm sure she will. Oh, that's cool. Yeah. And then so um, have you started to get kind of other clients, uh, non-wedding clients? Is it is people referred to uh, you and things? Sort of. Yes and no. So I, because weddings are the majority of our business, um, yeah. I do try to keep this a little bit smaller and more manageable because, again, like we're not outsourcing anything. So it has to be enough for, for me to juggle. Mm. Um, and so I, I still... I think the majority are still wedding clients. Mm -hmm. um, and the other thing is they, they've gotten to know us as people and we know them as people. And so there's a lot of forgiveness there that like they understand. And, and all of my clients are fantastic. They're like, we can do a weekday because I know that you do week weekend weddings. Oh, yeah, that's um, cool. You know, if I have to reschedule because of something, something comes up, they are completely understanding. I don't have to deal with, you know, whiny clients, which is amazing. Um, but I have told them, I'm like, if you know cool people who get this style, feel free to send them my way. So I've, I've got know. like yeah. two or three more who That's are just cool. really on board with the documentary style. And it's it's fantastic. But I, I do try to keep it very like small and I don't want to say clicky, but like, you know, it's it's intimate, you know, like they, they have to get it because I don't yet have the time to sell it to people. Yes, that makes total sense. And the, the two arts go together so well there with the <laughs> weddings. And then you've got so many people who get married to go on and have families. You've got this like ready built yep. market for you. And yes. as you say, ones who have already kind of bought into you, know you, clicked with you. It's it's perfect, really. Yeah. 
Right. Well, and, I mean, with the amount of time that we spend with them on the wedding day, they really get to know us. And mm. the things that people share with us, you know, it, and, and we have a very high touch process through the entire um, you know, wedding wedding process where I spend a lot of time on the phone in meetings with our clients, really like talking to them and not just about wedding stuff, about everything. And so we're we're trying to to make that really strong connection so that then they're comfortable saying, yeah, come into my house. You know, it's not clean. Um, this is the chaos of our life. And, you know, this is just what it is. But we we know you and we trust you to capture the things that are important to us. That's cool. That's, I've never heard that phrase before, high touch. That makes total sense. Yeah, it's a cool yeah. phrase. Though, so. mm. That's, uh, th- there you go. You get a, a portion of my Georgetown Business School education right there. <laughs> I love that. <laughs> Free business tips. It's awesome. That's cool. <laughs> um, and Moira, what to, about specific, I, I want to mention one of your specific Reptage Family Awards. I, I love it. Um, obviously, you've won loads. But the one I just wanted to mention um, is one where it's like a child is eating what I think is probably birthday cake in the foreground. But in, instead of yeah. focusing on the child, you focus on all the people in the background watching on and instead and i just yes. love that you've got um like a, the guy in the center who looks like he's got loads of love in his eyes it looks like that to me anyway but then that you've got grandpa of, yeah. oh it's grandpa is it? oh uh-huh. that's cool and then you've got lots of other expressions from the other people though and some some even look you know a little a little bored and someone's take, someone's uh-huh. taking their own photo on their phone it's so great it's so different it shows like there's such a different side of a, a, a typical moment can you tell us a bit yeah. more about that shot yeah so that one um one of the that that's one of the children of um, a past client, and um, I did a a first year package with them. So I would come um, basically like once a quarter to take some photos, starting with their their newborn photos. Okay. Um, and I just wanted to capture like what does life look like in every season? And then she wanted me to stay a little bit longer for the this first year birthday party. And I think that is just such an interesting. Uh, cultural thing that we do because here's this child who has no idea about the importance of this day. They're they're a year old. Like yeah. there's not a whole lot going on there that they understand. Yeah. They just know like there are some fun balloons. People keep giving them toys. You know, everyone keeps hugging them, and it's just this like outpouring of love. But to watch the the cake smash anticipation and to focus on the adults who are there because I, I don't think there is another person younger than I want to say like eight years old at that party so it's just this like baby surrounded by this community that loves her um but also like the party's for them the party's not really for her yes that's true isn't it Oh, I just and I just love it because most people would focus on the child as well. Yeah. You know, that's what all the photos, that's what all the viewpoints are. But that's how everybody else is seeing the scene as well. Yeah. Everyone's attention is on the child, and suddenly you've switched that, and we we then see as a viewer something that we generally don't really see in life. I think it's awesome. Yeah. I just love that. Well, it, you know, and I took photos focused on on. Yes, I'm uh, sure. Did. Yeah. <laughs> kid's name is Eddie. She's adorable. Oh, cool. um, but yeah, and that's I think one of the things to to. I, I like to try to keep in mind is when you're photographing a scene, you know, you have the stuff in the background, you have the stuff in the foreground. Sometimes they could, they're both the interesting subject. And so 
from that angle, it was so easy to just, you know, focus on Eddie and then focus on the background and be able to capture both of those things fairly quickly. Yeah, that's so true. I mean, and it is, as you say, it is a, an easy thing to do, but still a lot of us don't think of doing that, I think. So it's just yeah. great that you had that thought to capture the scene differently like that. I just love it. It's quite, it's it's really unique image, actually, I think. It's really Thank cool. Um, yeah, it's awesome. And as you, that was, um, did you say that was the child's grandpa in the middle? It yep. Was? Yeah. Yep. Oh, and you can see the love in his eyes. You can. Yeah. You really can. Yeah. Um, but I love all the different expressions around as well. Yes. It's, it's awesome. Well, and it's the whole party too. You know, the, mm. some people were totally into it. You could tell that others that were just kind of there to hang out. You know, drink yeah, a couple a beers, beer. eat some food. Yeah. And, you know, didn't quite get the the one year old birthday party thing. Yeah, and you get all that from that image. It's awesome. Oh, cool. Yeah, thank you for talking about it. And um, people listening now, do head to thisreptagefamily.com or thisreptage.com. I'll include that image that um, Moira just spoke about. It's really, really cool. Okay, um, Moira, let's um, let's change tack slightly. Okay. Okay, and you mentioned um, before we started recording that you have listened to some episodes before. So you yes. think you might you might think you know? I, I think you might know what I'm going to ask now. I think I do. <laughs> and it's something that you've not researched into. You've not watched the, the entirety of Netflix over the last few no. days. No. So it, it, just a note about that is because Jesse does all the editing, he watches an amazing amount of um, Netflix movies. Oh, okay. So he's going to be really good at this. Okay. <laughs> I spend my a lot of time writing emails and I've learned that I can't watch stuff while writing emails because then I start typing out the dialogue <laughs> so funny. I have to switch over to just like music in the background so um yeah I have not watched as much Netflix as I wish I had in order to answer these questions so fingers crossed I know the answers <laughs> okay no that's all cool that's all good that's all good um okay so if anyone else is listening for the first time um just a little game we've been playing on the podcast for quite a while now uh, there's no prizes I'm afraid more but it's all it's all uh, all for fun and so I'm gonna bragging be asking, rights. yes bragging rights that's what it is it's bragging rights um I'm gonna be saying a few synopses and they're either like movies or series or and they they're not all Netflix they'll be on anything really um and we're gonna see if Moira can get it okay are you are you are you ready ready as I'll ever be okay let's do this so this first one is an old movie it's probably like 20 years old okay it's an old movie okay so 17 year old Rose hails from an aristocratic family and is set to be married when she boards the Titanic she meets Jack Dawson an artist and falls in love with him that is an easy one. That's Titanic. <laughs> I yeah, no, I was a teenager when that came out. And so of course, me and my friends, we went to the movie theater multiple times to watch that one. Same here. Well, well done. You got it. Yeah. And I saw I saw it like three times at the cinema. I went through a big like I was obsessed with Kate Winslet for quite a while as well. Yeah. Mm. Well, and you know, like, just look at her. I'm obsessed yeah. with Kate Winslet. She's gorgeous. <laughs> she is, isn't she? She's awesome. She's really cool. And she's classy and she's smart. And I mean, like, mm. she's a full package. So yes. sorry, Jesse. She's my hall pass. <laughs> That's funny. <laughs> cool. Okay. Well, well, that is a good start, Moira. One out of one so far. Okay. Um, let's go on to this one. Next one. It's a, it's a lot more recent. And this is a series, a Netflix series. It's a okay. lot more recent. Okay. From their courtship to their exit from royal life, Harry and Meghan share their complex journey in their own words in this docu-series. 
Oh, isn't it just called, I know which one it is, and I think I watched it, but it's just called Harry and Meghan, right? Yes, it is. Yeah. Yes, boom. You yeah. are, okay, all right, you have to give me some harder ones because you are delivering <laughs> the answer in the question. Well, I, I like to start with easier ones. Okay. Then, yeah, I like so, but still, if you, you know, you might not have known that one, that second one. Have you watched it, all of it, the docu-series? I've only watched it. I did, five, so. yeah. Um, I thought it was really interesting. I just think that that's, I mean, as someone who lives in the U.S., the whole obsession with the, you know, the um, the crown and all that. And, and mm. The crown's another one that I absolutely love and just oh, cool. visually, holy cow, it's it's amazing. Um, that's one that I, I can't have up while I'm doing something else. I want to, like, really focus on it because I feel like so many of the shots inspire photography. Um, but, yeah, the, the obsession with royalty is just super interesting to, to watch um, as someone who lives in the U.S., not only you know, where you are, but also there is an obsession here in the U.S. with the the British royalty. Yeah, I remember just, yeah, finding out about that and the obsession that um, a lot of people in, and the U.S. media have with, with yeah. the royal family as well. It's Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah, I've never got it myself, but yeah. Anyway, um, okay, let's, well, two out of two, uh, Moira, let's go for your third one. And this is harder. This is more difficult. Okay, all right. Okay, so uh, this movie is a movie. It's probably, mm, oh, I don't know, about eight, seven years old, something like that. Okay, okay. So a linguist charged with finding a way to communicate with aliens that have landed on Earth uncovers connection with meaning for mankind and herself. You picked one of my favorite movies oh. ever. It's Arrival. It is. Well yeah. done. That's really well. No, That's funny. I, That's... I just watch that. And so That's I don't great. typically cry in movies unless a dog dies. Oh. Um, yeah. But that one gets me every time. And I, I'm not going to ruin the ending for anyone, but it is one of the, the best movies I think I've ever watched. Um, and the, the music that they use at the end, it's, um, I think, On the Nature of Daylight. I think is the name is one of the most beautiful pieces I've ever listened to. If I ever like am in my feelings and need to cry, I'll just put that on because it just hits me like right in the center of the chest. Oh, that's cool. Oh, it's a beautiful film, isn't it? I remember I was proper emotional watching that. Yeah. Yeah. It's very clever as well. And yeah, it's beautiful. Yeah, really beautiful. I was randomly, I went to the cinema. It's a, actually, it's not that interesting story. But anyway, but I started now. But anyway, I, w- I went to the cinema to see it. But have you ever gone to the cinema and they've started to show the wrong film, like in the in the sc- on the screen? Has that ever happened uh, to you? I feel like it probably has. The one thing that I remember is um, as a child, I went to the movies. Uh, my parents took us to see, I want to say it was The Land Before Time. Oh, cool. And this is way back when they had like bulbs in the projectors and they used actual film. And the bulb overheated and burnt the the film. Oh. And I remember watching that on the screen. And I was probably like five or six years old. And at the time, I was terrified of fire. And my mom goes, oh no it burnt and gets up and leaves (laughs) and she was just going to like let someone know what's going on but in my mind i'm like this whole place is on fire and my mom (laughs) just booked it out of here and left me to fend for myself it was traumatizing that is traumatizing wow yeah that's mad okay that's not happened to me no but but with this one i was going to see arrival and they started to show the wrong film in, in instead like yeah. for the first like 10 minutes but the wrong film that they were showing i'd photographed like the actor's wedding and it was oh, in the wrong film yeah and i've not photographed and it's only very minor kind of celebrity role but 
but how weird is that? What is the coincidence? That, that is, is so weird. bizarre. Yeah, yeah. Did you? Did, I think the question is like, did you know it was the wrong? Was it wrong enough? Because sometimes when you you haven't watched like a trailer or something, and you go oh, to yeah. watch the movie, <laughs> I might sit there for a while. I actually once watched an entire movie with um, some friends of mine in high school. And it was all in black and white. It was this horror film. And we're like, oh, my God, that was so good. It was so creepy. And it wouldn't be nearly as creepy if it weren't in black and white. Well, we find out later that, like, one of the cords from the DVD player to the TV that we were watching on it had wiggled loose. (laughs) And it was in color. Like, the whole movie is supposed to be in color. (laughs) And we watched it in black and white. That is funny. That is funny. Well, again, something that's not happened to me, but I like that. That's funny. Um, no, with this one, because Arrival, I knew, was kind of like about, you know, aliens and stuff. And the wrong film they were showing was about a busker on the streets of London. So I was like, oh, yeah, this is yeah, definitely like, wrong. Yeah. <laughs> well, well done. That you shot their wedding and yeah, that happened to be the one. The wrong film as well. That is so weird. It's so weird. So weird. So weird. Um, that wedding, by the way, he I didn't know that he was a groom. It was in this film. I didn't yeah. know at the time as well. He had an identical twin. So at, at the wedding itself, I was like, it was really weird. This other guy was coming in and then the other guy and I thought they were the same person. And yeah, <laughs> quite, wow. that would be so confusing. I actually so I'm I'm terrible at faces, like really bad. So I, to anyone listening, if you've met me before and you meet me again and I don't know who you are, please forgive me. Um, both Jesse and I are convinced that I have just some like very minor form of face blindness. Oh, OK. Um, yeah. But yeah, weddings are tough because if I walk into a room and the bride isn't wearing like a bridal prep room and the bride isn't wearing a big robe that says bride on it (laughs) a lot of times I'm like oh shit which one is it oh get that yeah Yeah. and then once you know like all the guys are wearing the same outfit like the groomsmen or the bridesmaids are all wearing the same outfit I I have no hope you know like (laughs) it's just impossible that's funny there's something else to be anxious about but yeah oh yeah yeah (laughs) yeah well anyway more well done on that quiz that was great three out of three nailed it nailed it it's so good most people get none or one so that is very very good we do we do watch a lot of movies <laughs> <laughs> i need to watch arrival again oh, it's great it's great um i you mentioned it slightly in what we just spoke about um and i think i know the answer to this then more but let's ask it anyway um cats or dogs oh dogs you're a big dog person do you have dogs yes. then? No, oh. I, I like dogs too much to have a dog. <laughs> oh, really? In what case, we, go. we travel a lot. Um, okay. So in non-pandemic years, I think uh, like 2018, 2019, we spent one out of every three days on the road. Wow. And I, I just don't have the time that I would want to spend to train them um, or to spend time with them, honestly. You know, and, yeah. and as of right now, we don't have the space for them. We soon will, so you we soon will have a bit visit of space. that conversation. Um, but no, the result of, of it is soon. I, I just adopt every dog that comes into my my vision. You know, like any dog, whether it's at a wedding or you know just on uh, on the street. And Jesse laughs at me because I'll be in the middle of a conversation, and if I see a cute dog, I will just stop. And I'll watch the dog until it disappears. And then I'll pick up the conversation right where I was. <laughs> oh, that's cute. They are beautiful, yep. aren't they? Yeah. They are. Um, yeah, I love dogs at weddings as well. Dogs at weddings. Oh, so much. I always tell couples if they have their dog at their wedding, they need to be prepared to get like hundreds of images of it. Yeah. And the nice thing is that if a dog is important enough to people to have at their wedding, they're like, yeah, that's totally fine. That's cool, isn't it? Yeah, that's cool. You must take a lot of them on family shoots as well then. A lot of people have dogs. Um, as so of right now, I think most of my families don't really have pets. Which is uh, okay. interesting. I never even thought about that. 
Yeah, because normally like asking. people start with pets as like kind of practice for yeah. kids, don't they? Things. But... Yeah. Oh, okay, I thought, I'm gonna start I... like pressuring them to get a puppy. Yes, <laughs> just do it. for me. <laughs> I've got I've got a dog. I've got she's quite old. She's like I think fifteen now or something. So yeah, yeah. what kind? Uh, she's a collie cross. We don't know what she's crossed with. The, the yeah. owners said they just saw her outside with a black dog. I know. <laughs> that's, yeah. That's, yeah, I know. <laughs> so I don't know what she's crossed with, but um, she's gorgeous. Yeah, called Daffy. Yeah. Oh, collies are pretty high energy too, right? Yes, they are. Yeah, yeah she is. Um, yeah. But she's doing so well for 15 as well. She's doing so well. Oh. So touch wood. So, yeah. Yeah. No, um, I, and I grew up with dogs. I had a, a chocolate lab was my first dog. Her name was Cinnamon. Oh, nice. Um, and then my second dog was also a cross. <laughs> my parents think that she was a flat-coated retriever. I think that she was sort of like lab border collie, but she was brilliant. So, so smart. Um, oh. Too smart in some cases. Like she knew that she she wasn't supposed to sit on the couch, but she knew the only person who cared was my mom. And so when my mom was out, she would climb up on the couch with the rest of us. And then when she heard the garage door opening with my mom coming back, she'd crawl back down. <laughs> that is clever. That's clever, isn't it? Oh, yeah. that's really cute as well. Oh, clever. Um, yeah, and it reminds me of, I don't know why, just like the first film I remember my dad taking me to at the cinema was Lady and the Tramp, actually. So Really? Oh. Yeah. yeah. Have you seen it? Yes. Yeah. yeah. That's classic, isn't it? Anyway, sorry. It's not. It's not. I love talking about dogs, but we're, we're not a dog podcast. People like you. Like, let's talk about <laughs> photography. Let's talk about photography. Um. So yes, Moira, do you have? Let's go. I don't ask many technical. When well, this is a not very technical question, but um, do you have like a favorite kind of lens or focal length for your family work specifically? Yeah, uh, the thirty-five is is typically my favorite, both for families and weddings. Um, okay, I think cool. part of it is that. That's what I've learned on. Um, mm. Is that what well, Jesse gave you first when he like gave you that camera? Like, I did. I don't even remember what he gave me first. Actually, the thirty-five came later. Um, I want to say I actually shot on a fifty for a really long time, but it was. And I love the I love the fifty. Um, and at this point, we've gotten rid of the fifty. We have a, a sixty macro lens that occasionally I'll mix it up if I want to just like challenge myself to work at at one focal length, um, but the 50 ended up being a little bit detrimental in getting ready rooms because sometimes they're really tight. Yeah. And I realized that just being able to, to shoot a little bit wider would be, would be infinitely more helpful. And so I, th at that point we got the 35 and I switched to that and it really has just become my favorite lens. I think it's, it's wide enough that I can capture most stuff. I do like getting close. So it allows me to do that and really fill the frame and, and capture that emotion. That's cool. Cool. Yeah. And as you say there, working close, I love that too. Um, have you always, were you always able to shoot close? You know, did you, were you ever like maybe too nervous to, to shoot close or is it just oh. come naturally to you? Um, I, I, I mean, no, because I was, I was never always able to do anything in this business. It's always, it's it, the whole thing has been a learning process and it still is. And I think it should be um, the shooting close yeah, I don't know. That's a really good question. Um, it, it it seems so easy now. And you know how sometimes when something just comes naturally to you mm. that you forget that you learned it at some point and yeah. you can't explain how. But, you know, I just I typically just make a joke with people 
about like, hey, I'm going to get all up in your business right now, but don't worry about it. I take, you know, like I only take good photos so you don't have to worry about like posing, um, which is not a complete lie. Yeah. <laughs> I hope that none of them listen to this, to this because, yeah, it's I, I take a lot of bad photos, but it has nothing to do with them. And the yeah. point is that I, I want to take a lot of bad photos so I can deliver them the like one really amazing photo from from that grouping. Yeah, of um, course. But yeah, I just, you know, I... I start early. People are definitely uncomfortable, like in getting ready rooms when when I get close. Um, but that also means that by the end of the night, they're totally comfortable with me getting close, and so we we can really get like a lot of those emotions. And and then again with my families, I mean, I I develop such a great relationship with them um, that they're totally fine. Like it it almost feels like I'm part of their family with the amount that they let me into. That's you very know. cool. Yeah, yeah, that's very cool. As you say, they're like on the weddings, they're starting close right at the beginning and they just get yeah. used to it, don't they? They get yes. used to it and just ignore you then. And so, yep. yeah, that's all good. It's so cool, as you say there, that you have that kind of, because a lot of your family clients are your kind of like pre-wedding clients, they've, they already trust you. They already yes. have let you into their, their proper intimate life. And yep. so you don't have to arrive at a family shoot kind of fresh and have to break, almost break down those barriers. It's, that's a real plus point. That's really cool. It's so, it's so amazing. I mean, it, it saves me so much work and time because mm -hmm. it does take a lot of time to build those relationships. And before I started doing family photos, I was a little bummed because I'm like, well, weddings are just like a one-off, you know, not only do you have to constantly work to find new clients, but then you're just like, okay, bye, see ya, you know, have a great yeah, life. And true. so this has been an amazing way to, to continue doing that. And I tell anyone who reaches out to us, um, who I talk to about, you know, photographing their wedding, I'm like, if we photograph your wedding, you basically become part of our really lame crime family in the sense that once you're part of the family, you can't get out of it. Like you're just there. Um, and all that means is that then they get the option to have us do, you know, other portrait sessions later or family photos and or family photos. Mm. Um, I don't, you know, again, I don't typically offer it to people outside of our, our wedding clients at the moment. Um, that might change in the future, but um, it, it's just been so nice being able to develop those long-term relationships. Yeah, I think that's really cool. Really cool. And who knows? Maybe, maybe in the future, you might even, you know, photograph the the wedding of one of your past wedding clients' child's children. You know, I think about that sometimes. I'm like, I don't know if my knees are gonna. <laughs> <up for> that. <laughs> that is true, though. Actually, and that leads me on to a question that I, I sometimes ask. You know, do you do you think about the future? Do you think about whether you'll still be shooting, you know, families or weddings in in ten years' time? Do you think like that? Yeah. Oh, yeah. all the time. Yeah. Um, but well, you'd just be like having loads of cattle on your, on your kind of <laughs> ranch. Or, <laughs> so. Well, with, um, you know, especially with COVID, when we saw what happened to the wedding industry, mm, I think true. that really hammered home to a lot of people that even though, it, it, and I was thrilled that weddings kept happening and we have a, a distinctive enough style that when people hired us, they wanted us to capture their their wedding. So even if all, they dropped all the guests, they still wanted photos and they still wanted us to do that. That's so with reschedules, people would reach out and and look at our our calendar first, which was a huge compliment, you know. And yeah. it just tells me that we're we're doing this right, you know. Yeah, that's a big big deal. Yeah. yeah, there is. I mean, th that's the dream, right? You know, to to have clients who love the work that you love to do. Yeah. I can't think of anything better. Nice. Um, but yeah, the 
watching the whole industry shut down for a couple months was really scary. And so it's like, well, how, how does this work? But um, I think one of the interesting things, you know, like I said, I, I've, I've done basically every single job that you could do under the sun. <laughs> um, I never thought I was going to be a photographer and yet here I am. So I, one of the major lessons I've learned is not to assume what the future is going to look like, but to be open to a lot of stuff. Um, so I, I like to think that my future is like a, a large highway with several lanes. It's not a railroad track where the train can only go in one direction. Um, you know, and, and I can take an exit here. I can move different lanes, but I have a general direction that I'm going. And so as far as the future goes, I like to just kind of set it in a general direction and then be open to having it look different from what I think it might look. I think that's a really good viewpoint on life. Yeah, that's really, really good. Mm, really good. Yeah. And I'm sure you're going to thrive in wherever that highway goes, wherever it branches. You just tell. Well, and that's my hope. And and I, I had a, a very deep conversation with a friend of mine from college um, because, you know, we've known each other for, uh, so my, I think it's my 15th reunion coming up this year. <laughs> so we've known each other for more than 15 years. Yeah. And we've watched each other take these different paths that, you know, looking back to who we were in college, never would have guessed that was where we we're going to end up. And she actually lives locally, which is really cool. Um, but in talking about that, we realized that the things about us as people that make us who we are are what make us successful in these varied, you know, things that we've done with our lives. And so that's what I want to remember is like, yes, I make, I make a living right now taking photos, but that's not who I am. And who I am gives me that flexibility to do a lot of different things. So I don't necessarily need to be afraid of it. Like if, you know, AI gets good enough that everybody just hires, like uses AI for wedding photos and family photos from here on out, I'm confident that I still have skills and abilities that I can apply to something else. That is so cool. Yes. Yeah. So of course, it's such a great way to to think about that all. And yeah, that's really cool. Let's hope that AI does not um, take well, my digging family said, photos. But yeah, I love taking photos. So I hope that doesn't happen. Yeah. But that, that's the way that like I, I kind of ease my my anxiety about the future is like, you know, I know that I, I can. I have a track record in the past of, of switching, you know, industries completely. And so if I had to, I could, You'd but I don't do want okay. to. Yes, I totally get that. No, that's cool. That's very cool. Very cool. Um, and uh, Moira, I also read on your bio uh, where you say that you're a mat meticulous note taker. So yeah. what, what kind of things do you take note of? Everything. <laughs> <laughs> so it, it's funny that you ask because I have three notebooks currently sitting next to me. One wow. says times I was right and nobody listened. And that's where all of my timeline consults go because that happens frequently. Okay. Um, and then I have reasons why I like dogs more than people. And <laughs> that's just kind of my working notebook right now where I put my to-do lists. I put, you know, any notes that I take on calls uh, that are not wedding related, um, okay. you know, and, and just like general things that I just need to jot down. Nice. And then I have arguments and conflicts I've had with myself, which is where I'm just recording a, a few things just that I like to track. And I, I do everything manually. I used to track stuff um, digitally. Yeah, digitize, and Jesse's, okay, yeah. Yeah, and Jesse's constantly like, you know, you can take notes on your phone. I'm like, yeah, but <laughs> for me, the process of writing something down helps me remember it. And I don't necessarily even have to go back and consult it because just like forming the letters with my hand is just what works for my memory. So uh, that's interesting. Yeah. 
that's cool yeah that's um, great do you do, do you make notes for about each wedding as well and clients and things or um yeah actually those i do digitally so um i mainly i i I like the notebooks when I am talking to people because for me it's easier to, you know, like have that phone conversation and jot notes down um, and that way I'm not like typing and you don't hear the the clickety-clack in the back. But once we get back from a wedding, I will jot down any important things um, and we have this big database um, of all of our clients and vendors and I keep notes in there so that, you know, if say a, a wedding client reaches out and they're like, hey, you know, we, we have a kid on the way, can you do some family photos? I can go back, I can look through and say like, okay, so, you know, their parents live locally. So maybe I can suggest like, hey, do you want the grandparents to come over and be part of this yeah, or do you want cool. them? Yeah. Um, so anything like that, just so I can deliver a more personalized experience. And we, we just sense. have enough clients that I can't keep it all on my head anymore. Yeah, no, I get that. Totally. Did it come from, you know, as a kid, did you kind of keep diaries or journaling that kind of thing? Never. No. Yeah. And I don't, I, oh, I, I, I'd like to journal. Um, I've, done it a couple of times and I know that it helps when I just need to get something out mm. but I always have this I think that I could journal if I wrote it down and immediately just like shredded it because I don't ever want to like read back and cringe and uh, like you know or like relive my life it's, especially yeah. certain days I'm like I, it just doesn't appeal to me but I do I do know that it's beneficial it's just that's a little hurdle that I have yet to get over. Oh, I get that. Yeah, I get that. And my mom has been keeping diaries, I don't know, for about, I think the past 40 years. And yeah. it's like, I mean, I'm, one day they'll be, you know, probably left to us. And I just don't know if I'd ever want to read them as well. Like They're very the, personal. Yeah, yeah, super personal. Yeah. Um, yeah. Anyway, bizarre, bizarre thought. But anyway, cool. Um, Moira, I've just looked down. We're like we're over an hour. And it really, I, I do say this often, but it really has flown by. It's it, so easy to talk to you. I just looked at the clock and I was like, there's no way it's past seven at yeah, this point. So yeah. Are you yeah, still seven is... in the morning for you? Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, but I have the whole day in front of me. What what time is it where you are? It is 10 past two. 10 past two. Okay. All right. Yeah. That's not bad. No, but thank you so much. It's been so, I've still got time for one more question, but I just want to say before before we go on to this, but like, honestly, it's been so lovely talking to you. It's so cool Likewise. to talk to you. Yeah, no, this has been a lot of fun. Oh, that's cool. Cool. Okay, let's do one last question. Um, let's do a tip question. So, yes, Moira, what would be your top tips um, or top tip or just your thought to help someone become better at the documentary side of family photography specifically? Yeah, just any kind of, I don't mm. know, anything that someone could take away just to improve their kind of documentary family skills yeah um i think that probably the number one thing is that you have to really learn to be present in the moment um i think you know i and i'm guilty of having far too much bouncing around in my head and honestly i think this is one of the reasons that i love um, photo sessions, you know, especially documentary photo sessions, is it gives me an excuse to not be checking my phone, not mm. be thinking about other things. I'm like, this is my client's time. And so I am focused on them. And so I can let everything else fall away. You know, all the the emergencies, quote unquote emergencies, because let's be honest, most of them aren't. Um, I don't have to worry about and I have I have a legitimate excuse and like I'm with my clients. But it gives me the chance to let all that noise just like dim and really just be present. And then again, being present is helping you see people better. Um, because it, it, I really try to not 
see what I think I'm going to see, but see what's actually there. And this is an ongoing struggle and just something to constantly work on. Um, but you know, it's, it's, we all have preconceived notions about every single person that we meet. Mm. And so I, I try really hard to not have those when I'm shooting so that I can just like actually watch how is everyone interacting? You know, what am I seeing that you wouldn't, that you'd normally gloss over if you weren't really paying attention and being present in that moment? Mm, that's great advice. Yeah, yeah, that's great advice. It's that's so, so cool. hard though. Like I will, I'll be the first to tell you, like this is probably the hardest thing I've ever done, but it's a worthwhile thing to to shoot for i think both in in business and in life in general it's so true what you say i've never really thought about it that much in that way that we do have kind of preconceived um ideas about yeah everything that we're looking at i guess and everybody mm -hmm. that we're looking at yeah so, so to separate that and just actually yeah. yeah that's so true well and i think so one of the, one of my favorite things in life is to be surprised by people um and so i've, I've realized sorry, in the sorry, past what? Sorry, I just said boo as you no. as a bad dad joke. It's a bad dad joke of surprising you. I really failed. But I, <laughs> I missed that. Yeah. Well, trust me, Jesse takes care of that enough. Like he he will scare me. He'll hide behind around a corner and yeah. scare, he likes to scare me in the house. Um yeah. uh no, but to to just be surprised by what I expect. And I've had a couple times in the last, I would say, year where things have happened and I'm like, this is pleasantly surprising and also reminds me that even though this is something that I tell other people they should do, I still have those preconceived notions. Like we had one client this year, they were the last one we booked because we, we had to cancel a wedding since we got COVID um, and we wanted to book one more and they came in kind of last minute. Um, but their original budget was like one third of what we start at. Right. And I remember thinking like, Ugh, I'm going to do this phone call nothing's going to happen. And it's just going to be a waste of my time. And they booked us, you know, yeah. and so it's, it's that reminder to not make those assumptions about, you know, what people want. And after talking to, to the bride and she said that she went and, and spoke to her fiance and was like, I know that this is what our, our photo budget is, but I talked to her and we just click on this level that I don't feel like I'm getting with anyone else. Can we expand? And he was like, yes, because this is worth it. That's so that was a reminder to me, you know, like, and, and I think we have a lot of assumptions too around budget. Like that's probably what I do most often is like, oh, this person can't afford us, yes. um, which is just, it's dumb. Like I, I need to not do that. Well, I get that, but I think it's something we all do totally get that. And even, you know, assumptions, depending on the kind of wording of the inquiry, sometimes uh, you can get an inquiry that it, it looks like a kind of copy paste job. And so yeah. I'll maybe assume they're not really that interested. And then they turn up, turn out to be people sometimes yeah. who are just really into you. And so it's, yeah, yeah, you never know, do you? You just never, you never no, know. No, and I, I spoke with a bride the other day and she was like, well, you know, I, I was expecting about half of what you charge, but I was expecting that for something more traditional and boring. And I didn't realize that this is what I wanted, you know? So sometimes when they're reach outing, reaching out to you, they don't know yet what they actually want. Yeah, that's true. Oh, Moira, it's been, honestly, it's been, it's been so cool. I know we, you can't see me, we don't have video, but I've just got a big smile on my face. I've had it throughout. It's been such a joy talking to you. Thank you. Likewise. No, this has been so much fun. I'm, I'm so glad that we did this and um, I, I can't wait to meet you in November. 
Yes, it's going to be fab. Um, anyone listening now, do um, come to Nine Dots. I've always mentioned it. It's so good. And so, yeah, Jesse and Moira are speaking there, and along with some other great speakers. Yeah, it's going to be so fab to meet you in the flesh. I'm really looking forward to that. It's going to be yeah. great. Really cool. You should yeah. come see Cornwall while you're here. Do a UK tour and see Cornwall. Got nice beaches and, yeah, it's nice. No. Well, are they nice in November, though? No, no, probably not. <laughs> <laughs> Although, actually, no, they are because the, most of the, you know, there's no tourists here then oh, as well. So I quite yeah. like out of season kind of beaches. Yeah. You know, it's nice. That's well, and that's typically when we do most of our travel is is in the off season in a lot of tourist areas simply because of, you know, wedding season is also high tourist season. So we're working yes. and then, yeah, but um, that's as of right now, that's the plan is to extend the trip a little bit, do a little bit of a tour. Um, we definitely want to go up to Scotland too. That's Oh yes. Cause you'd be quite near as well with Leeds for the, yes. uh, so you should definitely do yeah. that. Yeah. You should. It's beautiful, yeah. beautiful up there. Beautiful. Um, more. Okay, great. It's been so fab talking to you and um, thank you again for all your time and I will see you in what was it, eight months time or something. Anyway, yeah. so, uh, that's cool. Come Thanks on. so much. Thanks Alan. Bye-bye. Bye. Bye. You've been listening to the 126th episode of the This Is Reportage podcast. Love chatting to Moira there. Hope you enjoyed listening in. I've also released another episode of the podcast today where I talk to Moira's husband, Jesse, so do check that one out as well. Head to thisreportagefamily.com or thisreportage.com for a link to Moira's website and to see the Fab Reportage Family Award of hers that we spoke about too. We now have 127 episodes of the podcast available where we speak to wedding and family photographers from all over the world. If you like this episode, delve into our back catalogue for lots more. If you're not a member of this reportage or this reportage family, check out all the benefits of joining us, including an unlimited number of images on your profile, 60 individual awards, and well, I can't say individual there, but yeah, you know what I mean, 60 individual awards and 18 story award entries per year, invites to our physical meetups and parties, exclusive discounts, hours of educational videos featuring tips and advice from some of the world's best photographers, and much more too. Submissions are closing soon for our next awards round. The deadline is the same for both sites, Submit by 2359 GMT on the 24th of March, 2023. No poses, nothing staged. This is Reportage. And this is bye for now. <laughs>